Campus 180 Radio. Funny, thoughtful, real. Biblical breadcrumbs. The mystery is in progress. The investigation has begun. Who did it? Is it real? Is it fake? Join Ethan Cook on Campus 180 Radio as he investigates biblical mysteries on biblical breadcrumbs. All right, welcome to Biblical Breadcrumbs. Today we have a special guest with us. Uh, Matt Winkowski is a friend that, to summarize, I used to play basketball with when he was a tiny little kid in seventh grade. Um, but I was on varsity and he got to move up and play varsity with us. Anyway, that's my introduction to Matt Winkowski. Um, so I brought Matt on because we are talking about um, people, places, or things outside of the Bible that give us credibility to the claims in the Bible or also encourage us in our faith. So Matt, um, tell us a little about who you are and maybe your story with God in a nutshell. Yeah, well, thanks, Ethan, for chatting with me on here. Um, I think we kind of misled the, the crowd here to realize we didn't just play basketball. Actually, we didn't really play basketball together at all. I actually, I'm pretty sure you were kind of a bench warmer and I was on the court. But hey, that's not what this is about, right? So I'll get to the point here, Ethan. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... Uh, my, my faith in Jesus really uh, started about 10, 12 years ago, I'd say. Um, I got into Christian apologetics, um, re really got into apologetics. And even up until this day, if I'm to be to totally honest, um, you know, my biggest struggle has been living out my faith versus having it just be mental or intellectual um and so it's that's been a a struggle for me i i believe in jesus christ intellectually 100 percent um but as far as living it out that's where i've struggled you've helped encourage me over the years with this uh, my wife has helped me with this, um, but I, you know, I, uh, you know, and I've read, read several authors like Tim Keller and others who, who have kind of helped propel me in the right direction along the way. And that's, that's uh, kind of where I'm at today. Very cool. And so 10 years ago, how old were you when you yeah. kind of... Yeah, yeah, I started to kind of get interested in the Bible and Jesus, Christianity around my early to mid-20s, about 10, 10, 12 years ago or so. Um, and, you know, obviously reading the Bible has been, you know, a huge help over the last decade, but also reading other Christian authors uh, has played a big, big role in kind of helping me with, with all of that. 
And so what was it in your mid twenties that made you willing to explore the uh, claims of Christianity? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, one of, one of the main writers that I became interested in was Soren Kierkegaard. Um, was a philosopher back in the 1800s. Um, and his writings just uh, really spoke to me. He uh, challenged me, you know, there's a part of him that I love, a part of him that I, 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 I can't stand because his, his writings really are just uh, very tough to read compared to what, what I would say most Christian writers or authors. Uh, he doesn't water down the gospel I feel like he's very straightforward, very blunt, yet very just just honest. And um, I, you know, I'm just very challenged by his writings. So, in the scope of the podcast, of in, whether he things that he encouraged you in your faith in, or things that he maybe gave credibility um, to the claims of the Bible, what what? items would you like to talk about on the podcast today in regards to Kierkegaard yeah in regards to this uh ancient old man that uh many people probably have never heard of okay yeah um well I I mean I can read you a few few quotes by him um it's kind of tough to narrow it down almost doing a disservice to him to try to narrow it down to just a couple or a few quotes here but I mean I can I can try I he uh was all about the imitation of Jesus all about um realizing it's it's not just intellectual belief as I kind of alluded to earlier, it's really about imitating Jesus and truly following him. And as we read in the Bible, trying to take up your cross on a daily basis and follow him. And that's, that's one of my struggles, as I mentioned, um, which, which is why I, I love reading him because he doesn't just make me feel comfortable. He you know, he challenges me and pushes me to truly, uh, you know, imitate, follow Christ. Um, but you want, Ethan, do you want me to read a, you know, a couple quick quotes by him that I really enjoy? Yeah, actually, maybe first, um, since some people might not really know who he is, would you want to kind of summarize? You mentioned he lived, you know, in the 1800s, but um, if you could summarize his life and put us, what would you might say about him? Sure. Yeah. So he, um, yeah. So Soren Kierkegaard, he lived in the early to mid 1800s. He, um, he died when he was in his early forties, I believe 42, as I'm sure, you know, Ethan, um, me and my wife, we named our first son after him, Soren. And um, yeah, we both, both yep. my wife and I really, really um, look up to him. Uh, we really uh, uh, feel like we've benefited immensely from his writings. And, but no, he, he, he really 
and it's tough to summarize, but he he stood against the church of his day, essentially. He he wanted an authentic biblical Christianity that people would really take seriously. He, he wasn't about, you know, the one hour on Sundays. It, it was more so, you know, come Monday, are you really following Jesus? And, you know, are you truly denying yourself and taking up your cross and trying to imitate the lifestyle of Jesus Christ? And so I'm not saying that I'm any good at doing that. I have my struggles, but I, I definitely appreciate his honesty and he, you know, uh, he, he got engaged at a young age and decided to break things off with his fiance, which is a big part of his writings because he essentially thought that it would kind of hinder his faith and her faith if they were to be together, which kind of an odd topic, but it, it's, it's a big role in his writings, um, breaking off this engagement that he had uh, because, uh, you know, he references Paul quite a bit about marriage and thought that, um, you know, he could do more with the gospel if he were single rather than getting married and thought it would be better for both him and his fiance at that time and and it's just interesting because you don't really hear stories like that often so another question about him to help the readers understand kind of who he was in the day um, was he well liked no, no, he definitely, definitely was not well liked. He was a big part of the church. His family was, uh, whether it was his father, very you know active, well respected person. His his older brother Peter, um, very very involved in the church, um, and he uh, he himself had thought about becoming you know a um, pastor or priest back then and decided against it but he you know actively went to church but was more and more as time went on in his 30s especially late 30s into his early 40s leading up to his death he uh he started to really speak out against it and truly felt he really did seem to feel like he might be killed for speaking out against the church. Um, and he wasn't, but he, he, he seemed to really believe that he, he just might be killed for speaking out against the church because he felt like the church was watering down the gospel. He felt like it was a one hour a week thing as opposed to truly following Jesus on a regular daily basis. And so um, he really ended, he ended his life as most people would say, kind of attacking the church. Um, I wouldn't say he, he would say that he was attacking the church. He would say he was really speaking the truth and really trying to, as he put it, kind of make people aware of authentic biblical Christianity. 
Right. And I think that's a good description. Um, and to summarize, I think he would, he was reading the Bible and seeing what Christians should look like. And he was looking at the church and they didn't line up. Right. Right. And so I think uh, a quote that I would add to this is Kierkegaard considered himself to be a missionary whose vocation was to reintroduce Christianity to Christendom. So mm -hmm. he felt that the church was so far away from the example Christ is in the scriptures that he felt he needed to reintroduce who Jesus was to them. Right, right. And whenever you do such a thing as that, um, just like Jesus with the Pharisees and Sadducees, you're fighting tradition because tradition has strayed off of the track. And so you're going to face opposition and hatred. And this is the life of Kierkegaard. Mm -hmm. So I think that gives a good summary of who he was, is not just a theologian, but also a philosopher. Um, mm -hmm. And so from there, Matt, why don't you, yeah, if you want to share a couple quotes that you had that, uh, that you liked, that would be great. Sure, yeah. Um, I'll just, I'll just kind of skip around here, mention a few quotes. Um, uh, so Kierkegaard says, to leave out the strenuous passages in the New Testament is now the method. We hush them up and then we rearrange, rearrange things on easier and cheaper terms. He says, I think it is better to take them along to acknowledge that these, that these demands are found in the New, New Testament and then make confession of our own weakness. And in that little quote passage there, uh, he's, obviously basically getting at you know we are called commanded not just called we're commanded to really follow jesus not not water this down and think it's just a thing of mental faith we are really called and commanded to follow jesus and he goes on to say the question he's talking about faith here the question is never one of understanding or comprehending it is a matter of doing what one understands and the thing that a person actually ought to do is always easy to understand i'm just getting back to getting back to the same point there really um what we ought to do love our neighbor love the homeless it's, it's always the same thing it's it's easy to understand it, comprehend it, acknowledge it, but to actually go out, do it, um, it's difficult. Uh, I'll give you one more here, Ethan. Um, Kierkegaard says, of every word Christ spoke pointing toward the cost and suffering of being a Christian, we tend to say this. It does not apply to us. This was spoken expressly to the disciples. However, we make good of every word of consolation of every promise, promise, whether Christ spoke to the apostles or not makes no difference to us. And he often, Kierkegaard often wrote about, you know, um, you know, the assurance of your salvation and you know people promising you yes you believe you're saved this and that and Kierkegaard really presses the point home that well are you real are you really following Jesus Christ are you are you um denying yourself 
and taking up your cross or is it really just a matter of mental faith because that doesn't really cost anybody anything at least in our culture if you believe in jesus people are happy with you but if you're actually following him and getting out there and spreading the gospel it's 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 like kind of like jesus says you know um you know they're they're going to be families that are divided i did not come to bring peace you know it's going to be you know mother against daughter-in-law and father against son this and that uh you know are you actually really speaking up for the truth and it's it's going to be costly it's something dietrich bonhoeffer uh, talks about dietrich bonhoeffer was actually very familiar with uh soren kierkegaard uh he doesn't write a lot about Soren Kierkegaard, but he 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 does occasionally. But they 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 go to this you know the same points really Bonhoeffer and Kierkegaard this this whole idea of cheap grace you know where you know it's just like the Bible tells us just okay you're saved by grace but that doesn't mean we go on sinning and sinning you know you there's got to be um, repentance and a turning of your ways. And, and really trying to follow and imitate Jesus. And I'm not saying I'm good at that, but one point, Ethan, I wanted to make to you earlier, and I, I forgot, um, is Soren Kierkegaard, his words on sin are, are wonderful, what, what he says. And Tim Keller, um, I'm a big fan of Tim Keller, you know, he says the best definition of sin really comes from Soren Kierkegaard, which what Kierkegaard said was, what, what is sin? It's to build your life, your identity on anything other than God. And it, I, I think it's a great definition of what sin is. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's not just a matter of, you know, don't do this or don't do that. It's you know, if, you, if you're building your life, your identity, your hopes and dreams and goals on anything other than God, you're ultimately sinning. And it, it's so hard, especially in our individualistic culture, to not do that because everything in our culture is about us. It's, it's about me. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good thing to think about is the redefining the mindset of what sin is um, two two of i've got two of favorite quotes and i haven't read a ton of him but i've read a lot of quotes on him um one of them is life is not a problem to be solved but a reality to be experienced that's one of a famous quote of his and to me it goes along with the uh the the journey is more important and more enjoyable than the destination. Uh -huh. um, but the second quote is many of us pursue pleasure with such breathless haste that we hurry past it. Right. But, uh, what other yeah. things might you want to share with us, Matt? Uh, no, I just, um, Oh, I'm just really, really challenged by Soren Kierkegaard. Um, you know, as you know, I have a lot of authors that I like to read, but he's, he's right up there as one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Um, 
And I, I just, yeah, I just, I think it's refreshing to read somebody that's truly trying to teach people to follow Jesus and not just make us feel comfortable or make us feel happy. And so, um, and that's, that's one thing I give, I give you a lot of credit for when, you know, at times we catch up with each other on the phone, uh, you know, I, you know, I always tell my wife when we catch up, you know, you're, you're pushing me to really follow Jesus. You're pushing me to fast and to pray. And again, I'm not, I am not acting like I'm great at any of this, you know, because I'm definitely not, but, you know, there's really something to be said about people who will push you in that direction. And I, 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 Mend you. I give you a lot of credit for you know being a, you know a good friend and and trying to help me at times to you know really set my eyes on Jesus and uh, you know it's it's so easy just to become complacent or stagnant in our faith rather than really pushing forward and so. Um, yeah, I just think Kierkegaard is another example of that. Somebody who really kind of went against the crowd, really, really took the stance for Jesus and um, wanted to see people follow him. And he realized kind of the phoniness. I mean, it, it may sound a little, you know, mean or whatever, but it, it's true. You know, you do, you do see people being a little phony in, in the church, and and I'm not saying you know I can't be phony, but that that's the way it can, it can get. And, and but Jesus really wants authenticity. He wants people who are all about Him, and that and that's what obviously you know we read in Scripture. We read about you know His followers truly giving everything up, and it's costly. It costs them their lives, and so uh, you know. I, I just think that, you know, that the, what we really need to do is come together, be honest, and sometimes the truth hurts, and it's not going to feel good, but it's the best thing for us is the truth, and so that's why I like Kierkegaard, Ethan, you, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I, I need to close with a few things, and then, of course, a sports analogy. Um, but oh, yeah. I think that we, you know, within the sports analogy, even we can't get better unless we do things that aren't fun, right? We we're gonna have to do multiple push-ups and sit-ups and and do a hundred or five thousand or whatever it might be free throws, and we got to practice and do things that are uncomfortable. And Jesus did that to the traditional synagogues and temples of the time, right? He said, "What are you guys doing? That's not it's not what God's about." And that's what Kierkegaard did, right? He said, what you're doing is not what you should be doing. So the sports analogy, uh, I have to pick on you a little bit, Matt. So um, I think I was in ninth grade and I got moved up to varsity and Matt was in seventh grade and he could shoot like nobody could. So they moved him up to varsity. Um, and I remember the one game you scored tons of points, but within you at that time, Matt, you shot with two hands. Um, and I think that by the time you were a senior in high school, were you still shooting that way? 
and all I remember, I, I, I was scoring a lot of points. That's all I remember. I, I don't know, maybe 2,000 points. I, I don't know. One hand, two hands, no hands. I don't know. But, but I think by the time you were a senior um, and, and got older, they would have taught you that it's a better form to shoot this right. way. Right. So, right. so within that, you were given some critique to get better. While you were good, you became right. even better by using mm -hmm. certain forms and certain um, and not doing certain other things that wouldn't be as helpful. And, and in a way, that's what Kierkegaard does to the church and to pastors to, to make them rethink what should we be doing so that we can be the best and most like Jesus that we can be. So that was my attempt at a sports analogy and to try to pick on you because that's what we do. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to let the, any, anybody listening in on this, I just want everybody to know that I really do appreciate you, Ethan. You're a, you're a good friend. I love that you push me, challenge me, sometimes make me a little frustrated, but that's, that's a good thing. You, uh, you're always trying to encourage me to follow Jesus. And that's, that's what friends do. So thank you. Well, you can thank God. Um, so Matt, thank you for being a guest on Biblical Breadcrumbs, and I'm sure I'll bring you a, a guest on another podcast that I'm working on in the near future. So um, we Sounds encourage, good. I actually wanted to end with one last question is if someone wanted to learn a little bit more about Kierkegaard, uh, what book or what direction would you send them in to find out more about this um, very godly man that many people didn't like because he was so focused on Jesus? Yeah, um, I, I would say uh, the best book that I, I could pick out, it's, I would say is Provocations. It's a uh, basically a compilation of his writings uh, picked out from basically all of his books that he wrote. Um, he often, you, you know, wrote and often used pseudonyms and this and that, but uh, provocations, spiritual writings of Kierkegaard is a good introduction to him and what he really believed. No, I think that's the, the book that you sent me. Am I not, if I'm correct? That is. Yeah. I think, I think I did send that to you a while ago. Yep. Yep. So, well, you've encouraged me to get it out again and, and actually tried to, to read a little bit more of it, Matt. So, yep. Thank you very much. And thanks for being uh, my first guest on Biblical Breadcrumbs. All right. Thanks, Ethan. All right. Have a good night. All right. You too. Hey, guys. For more great content, check out This Could Be It, a podcast on Campus 180 Radio. We discuss the relationships that define our lives, the way we relate to ourselves, relationships that we've built and maintained with others, and our public and private relationship with God. We'll also share how we manage our emotional and spiritual health and the random things that bring us joy and make us groan. This could be it with Jeff and Friends on Campus 180 Radio.